You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We are the answers. And welcome to Us Nerds, a production of Galactic Network. It, um, I'm Gregor Sprague, and joining me is Alternative Corey, Sean Burns, and we have joined with us the only other person on the on the panel right now who gets that joke, Daryl Johnson. Daryl, how you doing, sir? Yeah, not bad. Uh, where's, where's Corey? Uh, Corey, I believe he said he had a headache from work and now and is now sleeping. Big girl's blouse. Okay, fair enough. Uh, if, 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 if. Hey, hey, I don't mind. I like Sean. You know, he, li- yeah. he, li- he likes the Batman. He's all right by me. Absolutely. But... <laughs> yeah. So, real quick, before we jump into the the backwards show that we're doing here today, uh, for info on this show, you can go, including show notes and subscription links, you can go to elsners.com and for other Galactic Network programs, including Who Knew and Review. One hosted by a very fine gentleman named Daryl Johnston. You can go to gl- or gncasts.com. And on Elsners, we tend to shoot our mouths off without thinking, so we will both spoil things and swear liberally. Also, before we get going, it's time for another plug of people who have partnered with us at the $3 level on Patreon. We had Crowley Bear last week, and he's continued to do so. So, hey, another free plug for you there, sir. But joining him is Brian Jensen. Well, thank you, Brian. We love you. You are awesome. Brian, I forgot to mention you on this week's Who Knew and Review, but I, I think I covered for it really well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next episode of Who Knew and Review, yeah, will be in your honor, sir. Be all about you. So, with all that being said, we are let's get right to this. And like I said, we are gonna do this a little bit backwards because we're doing the elsewhere's first, because I'm a Doctor Who fan. I'm I'm a big British TV shows fan, um, which is fun and difficult when you live here in America, especially in the middle of America with being uh, living in the mitten. Um, but one of the big shows you know that's worldwide is Doctor Who, and after I've been holding off, I haven't talked about it at all since the premiere. So I figure, what better what better way to do this than the as they say over in over in England, the series finale um, of the show, and talk about it. So this is the next to last episode for both Stephen Moffat and Peter Capaldi. Um, so Daryl, as someone who has been reviewing this this whole week or this whole you know for for a podcast, what's what's your take on this as as a series? for the series 10 series 10 has been Stephen Moffat actually at his best I I don't want to bash Moffat everyone bashes Moffat but he he had a dip I mean season 9 was okay but it it was fatigued and everyone was going well this is his last series can you know can he do it can the creep the writer of Sherlock actually put any of that magic in and yeah. uh, then he then he comes he stands up to bat and he knocks it out of the bloody park 
I, I can't think of a a bad one from series ten. There was one which it dipped a bit, but bloody hell, a uh, every every directing trick was thrown at it. It was cinematic. It was it was big. It was fancy. It had it had storylines that actually made sense. Yeah. Um, and then then it finished the last scene of uh, Saturday's show, and it finished with a, oh my god, it was. That is how I want Doctor Who written. I want it written consistently like that. It was. Um, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you're going to love it anyway. If you're not a Doctor Who fan, that's the series to get you interested in Doctor Who. Yeah, that's this is an interesting thing here because we have, and I've heard this a lot from people that usually when there's a new Doctor, like like I came in with series five. I came in, and for the American viewers, substitute series for season. I say this whenever I talk about a British show. I instinctually will call them series because that's how the Brits address the the period of shows that make a box set later on. Um, But this is, again, this is, like you said, one of the first ones where you can recommend the ending of a Doctor to jump in on. Because usually it's easy, you know, like, oh, like uh, Peter Capaldi came in on series eight, I believe it was. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is an easy one because you don't need all the stuff with Matt Smith, all the stuff with David Tennant or, you know, anyone before. You know, it will help you later on. So, you you know, you start here, then go back, you know, if you like it. But this is definitely a start here. I mean, who is he? He's a He's a guy who protects the earth, who protects all that he can. That's who this guy is. Now shut up and watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that is actually, because it doesn't matter with Doctor Who where you jump in and start watching. It's a show about time travel, about an eternal man, a man yeah. that continually grows and changes. So if you watch a one of series 10, and go, wow, that was fantastic. There's nothing to stop you actually jumping back to classic Who to see how it all began, to see how the stories and that everything was laid out in his life. And yeah, they put Easter eggs, they put little little things in into you know to to reference it. But that's not the important bit. It's the stories which are the important bit. But again, yeah, I totally agree. You jump in and out, and you you should you should be able to at least have a rough idea of, well, it, it's a dude in a blue box who comes around and uh, saves the day without having to shoot anyone. Yeah. And I mean, so, and like you were saying with the dip, like I definitely still think that the, uh, that it only got better as we started. So you start with um, the last year's Christmas special, the return of Dr. Mysterio, um, and I, I, which which was a good Christmas episode. I really enjoyed that Christmas episode. And then it's like you get the pilot, you get um what's the next one? Smile, thin ice, knock knock, all the way to the Doctor's Fall this past episode, this past Sunday, or Saturday, and it's like, oh how? Why it it, it makes me a little bit upset for the moments where it got a little stale. In yeah. in series uh, six or seven or eight or nine, where you're like, oh, well, this is the episode where 
it happened. And oh, yep, the Stephen Moffat episode. So you know, that's like that's where we started to lose Corey because Corey had watched before, I believe, and it was like when it was the the Moffat heavy uh, epi- uh, episodes. Yeah, and and it it wasn't Moffat doing this. It was like it was almost like Moffat was more focused on Sherlock with, over there with Mark Gaddis, and then. Um, this was sort of like, oh yeah, that's right. I got this other job, so you know, I'm gonna write. I got this idea for a story, but you, we didn't get that with this. Th- I mean, this has been from start to finish, just great. Just there was bloody brilliant. To I think there was there was one episode which I I rated three out of five, which and that was being nitpicky because overall the the series was you know as close to a five-star series as you can get. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Um, from this, from, from uh, yeah, this, from this series. Yeah. Uh, I think it actually was the, uh, stupid Romans one. I mean, I didn't, I didn't uh, rate that. The, I, the was that? The Eaters of Light. Yeah. Um, and it, it predominantly, it's, it's a, it's a great episode. It's based on it's based on an event which they think happened. The you know the, mm-hmm. the 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 ninth legion did go missing, but it's I don't know. I think it was the the uh, the monster design. It just didn't. It it just looked forced. Yeah, they, for, they forced this this monster, and you know it's just like, oh, they could have done that better. But you know, I, it's it's nitpicking. It's like. Yeah, trying to trying to work out the worst episode of of a run, which which was predominantly fantastic. I mean, Peter Capaldi. I I just I just want to sit in a pub and drink with him. I, he's just oh, yeah. just just his voice, the way he holds himself, the way he talks. Yeah, the sort of mad, far away, distant look in his eyes, but that intensity is just <laughs> yeah, uh, really. So- so how did you feel about um oh what episode was about the return of John Sim? Um I was looking forward to that. I mean it's it's a shame in nowadays that things get spoiled, that spoilers leak out. And I shouldn't because I'm <laughs> I'm part of that network. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, so, please subscribe to Who Knew and Review on iTunes. I could do with the subscriptions. <laughs> um, but but I'm part of that network, so I can't complain. But it would have been it would have been nice to have tried to have kept that one under wraps. Yeah. Um however, knowing he was knowing he was gonna be there and then and then the uh the episode, uh, World Enough and Time. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, I knew straight away. Uh, who he was in in that episode, you know, I knew he was the uh, the dude in the, in the hospital, and that didn't that actually didn't lessen it anymore because that that reminded me very much of of the, an old master, um, Delgado, uh, even even little bits like you know John Sims' goatee beard and things like that. He was he was less manic than when we last saw him, you know. He'd been mended by the you know there was a throwaway line. He'd been fixed by the the Time Lords. But just seeing him on screen again as a master it was an absolute pleasure. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Because, again, like like I 
shared the other times that I've talked about Doctor Who, I came in with Matt Smith. And then I went back and um, watched the Eccleston and Tennant stuff and loved what I had seen. Um, you know, especially with the Johnson, because it was such a the, the the way I've I've appreciated the master and the doctor relationship is it's this dichotomy. It's this this yin and yang um, where, you know, you know, one's good, one's evil, one's more collected the other ones more manic and you know these polar opposites that you know come together to create this great this you know like whole person in a way and to see this coming back you know like yeah i had you know i had caught that i'm like wait something seems different here but then you know with you mentioning i'm like oh yeah that's what it is it's you know he's not as manic he's still like no we will be and again spoilers for people who have not seen you know uh world enough in time or the doctor falls you get to this where he's realizes okay i become messy and all that and do i like that well sort of deal. well eventually he becomes messy but does he become messy right I don't, there's there's a there's a scene in the doctor falls and it, it's 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 the scene where all three of them are on 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 scene chewing the scenery i mean if if you if you watch that scene where they're in the forest yeah, yeah. they're all they're all pointing various devices at the left um and then you know they they, they do away with the cyberman the doctor clears off back to the farm and uh, you got you got missy and the master it's implied that Missy is the next incarnation of the master. But also she's got this weird memory problem where she doesn't remember um, being the master. Okay. Yet, yet, in the 50th Doctor episode and uh, quite a few of the other ones, time catches up and they do remember pretty instantly. But the, the master and Missy don't. Yeah. Which is... Which is convenient writing is it or is the reason because there's an incarnation after john sims master we don't know how many regenerations john sims master got yeah we know we know the time lords fixed him if the time lords fixed him then that should be a new regeneration cycle so there could be potentially another 11 masters to come mm. before we get to missy uh, and i mean the a lot of the Doctor Who community has picked up on that. You don't see John Sim regenerate. Yeah. And you don't see Mrs. Body. So Not yet. Stephen Moffat in this, in all honesty, has done something great that, one, makes me super anxious for the Christmas special this year. Um, I didn't cry because I, I had mentioned, like, oh... Because you had put in there in our Slack chat, like, "Hey, did you cry during?" I'm like, "No, I did get emotional." I'm like, "This is great storytelling," but I did not shed a tear. Um, but that's also could be related to you know funerals and stuff that have happened recently with you know real life stuff. So you know, I already used all the emotions. <laughs> I, uh, the only time I got emotional is in the barn, and it's the slow build up and realization. Yeah that bill 
isn't Bill. And you sort of suspected what was coming anyway. Um, but bloody hell, Pearl Mackey acting. I mean, just, yeah, you, you know, when, when Karen Gillan left Doctor Who and all of a sudden she became Nebula and, yeah. you know, she, if Pearl Mackey doesn't end up Hollywood A-list, then there is something wrong because if she can act like that in a bloody British TV show, then what can she do when you stick her on a big screen? Um, that whole scene, that whole dynamic, it was poignant, it was beautiful, and it, uh, yeah, it was quite, quite emotional. You know, I mean, for me, Grant, you know, waking up as a Cyberman wouldn't be too bad. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the body's falling to bits, you know, that'd be, that'd be all right. But, but bloody hell, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't outright have a weepy, I didn't, I didn't need a box of Kleenex next to me. Uh, but, um, yeah, I did have a, I did have a little tear in the eye at, the, yeah. uh, at, at that, and the, I mean, the series fine finale wasn't as well written as World Enough and Time. World Enough and Time set the scene. It was dark. It was creepy. It it drew you in. It closed your world off around you and suffocated you in that claustrophobic feeling. Yeah. The Doctor Falls was a series of of set pieces. It was quite quite traditional in that respect as to as to how it was thrown together. That didn't lessen any of it for me because you had these huge set pieces. You had the Bill realization that she was a Cyberman. Incidentally, did you notice that as a Cyberman she grew about a foot and a half? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, if you're a short ass like me, then uh, you know. I can finally reach the top shelf. Yeah, cyber conversion doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but having the the scenes where we got to see John Sim, Michelle Gomez, and Peter Capaldi all together. Um, just it's everything someone from you know a Doctor Who fan wants. Yeah, and um, I mean there were so many little throwaway lines which were, which were just just added sprinkles. Um, the throwaway throwaway line by John Simmer, of, uh, you know, is the future all girls, you know, and Peter Capaldi's. Well, I certainly hope so. And then straight away, <laughs> um, you watch all and all the. Twitter feeds, all the forums, and all of a sudden everyone's going, Oh, does this mean we're gonna get a female doctor? And it's just like No, it doesn't. But I can understand. I mean Moffitt yeah. Moffitt's a troll of the highest order. And um that's what he was in in the very, very last episode, that's what he was doing. He was trolling fans left, right, and centre, and it was it was perfect. Him and uh and Christopher Nolan both do this because Christopher Nolan did it with uh, the Dark Knight Rises, um, where it's oh is is uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt playing Robin? Oh well, his middle name's Robin. That means he's Robin, right? Yeah. Right, right? No, dumbass. <laughs> but no, so Stephen Moffat and I guess this is more is this is a Doctor Who thing, but Stephen Moffat did something that is unique except for the fact that he's doing the next episode. The next episode is written by him um, and will be directed by Rachel uh, uh, Talalay. 
and but this is all set up this is this is like you know leaving the door wide open for chris chimnall and his writers to to take over and i love that i mean you, you know we already know because we know capaldi's leaving we know um moffitt's leaving this left questions like is michelle gomez coming back is she gone are you know who's going to be the master? You know, are are we going to get a master? I think um, it's not. It's not going to be another. It's, we're going to be about three years until we get another master. I reckon. Yeah. I don't, I, I I think a, a a villain like the master, whilst whilst they are absolutely fantastic, whilst it is the Doctor's foil, whilst it is, you know, the 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 opposite. Um, I don't, if you overuse if you overuse the master, you yeah. just we you weaken the character. Yeah. So I reckon we're at least three years by seeing another master. But, so what, uh, but, I, but it wouldn't surprise me, yeah, if they filmed a regeneration scene. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So what do you think of, or what do you think is going to happen? Is going to be Bill's fate? Do you think we're going to? Because I I thought early on, you know, with the announcement of. Capaldi leaving and Stephen Moffat leaving. I'm like, okay, this is great. This is this is like when between um, the Eccleston season or series and then the beginning of Tenet, where we had Rose Tyler and she was the bridge. Same thing with Clara Oswald um, from from Matt Smith to Peter Capaldi. Like, P, uh, Bill is going to be this bridge. Well, um, of course. Uh, Rose Tyler has been the only, the only companion to properly star in a Christmas show. Yeah. Um, all the other companions haven't. Um, apart from a tiny glimpse of um, Rory and sorry, I better be careful because that's my cat's name as well. Of uh, <laughs> of um, Rory and Amy, they they briefly in. Um, in the Doctor Who episode, oh, which one is it? It's the one with the bloody sky sharks. Um, the yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, it will make me angry if I think about it because I don't like that episode because of sky sharks. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I and yet I like Sharknado. I mean, it just makes no sense, Daryl. But um, so it's understandable why she's not in the Christmas. One and I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna see her again. I really don't. I think she was a one series deal. I think um, that Moffat wants to hand Doctor Who over, where there is only the main character, and uh, everything else is up to Chris to create. And apparently, Chris has got a five year plan, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. I mean, Chris is good at, at series arcs. Um, you pres- presumably familiar with Broadchurch. Oh yeah, yeah. So excited! Actually, I think that came back here on BBC America, and it is one that I'm like, I need to start watching because I've watched se- the first two series of Broadchurch, and it is such great storytelling. The way I mean, seeing it, it makes it made me wish that um, I'm blanking on the American one um, that they did. Um, that that show did things a little bit like I don't I don't think Chris Chimno was involved in the in that show in the American version. Oh, he was. Oh he no, was? no 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 he 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 was yeah. It it, it was something um, like, 
I, I think if they had, I, I think what the problem with with that was they it was the same show. It was Broadchurch season one, but with Americans and an American audience. So I think that's what turned me off from that because I like, don't. I've already seen all this. Need to re if if a show is that stand up good, I don't think there's any need to remake it. And I find it a little bit, you know, as it's America understand British people now. We don't we don't need to remake your shows. No, yeah, uh, you know, and I find it odd, especially especially as you know, the age of streaming. I mean, I think personally there should be no borders when it comes to TV. I say tear down the tear down the, the firewalls, tear down the paywalls, yeah, and give people the content they want. Because if people, if you get the content you want, and I know we're digressing here, but if you get the content you want, then what is going to happen is you're gonna you're gonna subscribe, and you're not just gonna subscribe by watching that show, yeah. Well, I now need to buy all the Funko Pops for that show. Exactly. I now need. I now need to buy all the, uh, you know, all the all the blister packed characters from that show, and I don't see a problem with that. I mean, um, collecting things from, for instance, uh, American shows has always been big. I remember my Starsky and Hutch car when I was little. We don't have Gran Torinos over in the UK, <laughs> but but as an eight year old Daryl, I did. Yeah, and likewise, I mean, you go into any comic book store. The, I, I, when I was over in America, I, I popped into a comic book store, and again, I got all weepy and, and teary because the first thing I saw was the big thousand AD I've ever seen, and I live in the bloody country that makes it, <laughs> and so tear, tear down the walls, yeah stream stream good quality shows you know it both ways mm -hmm. because it, if you remake something you sometimes lessen it um, yeah. that that happened with uh, life on mars uh, or i can't remember what it what is you guys called that in the end but i thought it was life on mars as well it was because it I, I i i tapped out after half an episode of the uh, the american yeah. version but um still will stream still will stream the original yeah oh that's the same way i was with the finding a bootleg copy of the it crowd you know with <sighs> with with richard iowati joe McHale, and i do not know who the uh female who that was on i think her well, name was jessica something apparently they're gonna try it again yeah for a, and that, that'll be the third attempt in in, in america and it's just like, yeah because Chris O'Dowd and Richard Iowati just watched that one. Because yeah, you know. The, so it's it's one of those like I I look at that like, you know, there's as a fan of Skins, you know, Skins was one one of the first TV shows, British TV shows, that I got in and binged. Um, and that one was mainly through Netflix too, um, or no, not Netflix through I believe through the Channel Four app. Um, and then they did the American version and where on MTV and it was like, all right, I see what they're trying to do, but with how it is going from, you know, from the English with the watershed and over here with, where it's like, eh, there's not really watershed. It seemed like people sort of lose out on that because yeah. then it's like, there's the big hubbub of like, oh my gosh, there are high school students. It's like, 
well, yeah, but you do realize that your kids very well could be, you know, <laughs> touching touching underage boobies and others. You know, I mean, it's their age, so it's you know, it is what it is. But I mean, you you're looking at it as a 20 30 40 year old person not they're my age yeah and you know like oh my gosh kids go to parties oh my i thought they just stayed home all all time sat in their room you know twiddling their thumbs or you know rolling dice or whatever it is that they do you see that that is i I suppose why we're lucky with shows like doctor who because it 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 sets a unit there's a a universal constant involved um with other shows, you're you're right. You've got to break through um, local legislation. Yeah. So, for instance, um, you're quite right. We've got a watershed in the UK, but the watershed doesn't mean it hits nine o'clock and then all of a sudden, you know, violence gets ramped up, drug taking gets ramped up, and lang- you know, language that that doesn't that doesn't happen. You know, we don't all of a sudden go right. Well, it's nine o'clock, dear time to turn on and see what boobs are on tv that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't happen it should happen in my opinion because you know who wouldn't watch that but when when it when it breaks down a, a, a barrier like that because some of your rules and some of our rules are so different um it it would be quite i mean i'd i'd be keen to watch some of the cuts of uh, american doctor who because I, I imagine there are certain things which are, have been cut slightly different when i was watching um vikings yeah, yeah. you've you seen vikings i've i've heard of it and actually for connection for next week um there is actually a professional wrestler who is in there edge he uh the WWE, former wwe superstar he is in uh plays a character called flat nose in well, vikings. I, well i watched that on on prime and i watched that with my mate in america yeah and i mean it, you know we don't we, we, we want to sync it up so we're doing that and we found through chatting that that you know it gets to like 25 minutes and all of a sudden i'm watching a different scene <laughs> because it had been re recut for the american audience and i'd be keen to know whether whether doctor who is i don't think it, it is but it's, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I know you have your your ad breaks because you guys just love selling the merch. It used to. So it, so as a person who, before he was gainfully employed, um, he would and he had the VPN service. He would watch Doctor Who with almost essentially on like BBC Plus One or something like that, and. I'd watch it and then I'd watch it again or, you know, like nothing else would be on here on Saturday because God knows they don't, the networks don't want to play anything on a Saturday. And I would notice, Oh, they cut this short. I know actually I notice it more with top gear than, than Dr. Who because they got smart and that Dr. Who fans will fucking riot. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, it's to use another it crowd reference. It's, you just got your package of the kid version of Harry Potter and the adult version. You're now going to read both to see that there are no differences. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how, how we segue onto that. Um, 
Wow. Sorry. Uh, didn't mean to. Because de- it's belts nerds and we segue like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to derail that much. <laughs> um, Chip, Chipnell, five year plan. That's how we got there. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so that that's why I don't think we're going to see Bill again. I'd like to see Bill. I said I said this uh, I said this in my show, but I, I just don't think we're going to. Yeah. But truthfully, come Christmas, who fucking cares? Because we're going to have a multi-doctor episode, and that's much yeah. more important. Oh, spoilers by the way, if you didn't know that, we've got a multi-doctor episode. But what a multi-doctor episode! It's okay. So this is actually an interesting part here. Do you? Like the actor who they have playing the first doctor, um, because uh, Tom Tom Bradley, yeah, uh, yeah, I believe that's. Um, I think that's his who, name. Yeah, I don't see, like, uh, David Bradley. I know it was a Bradley. Yeah, Tom, Dave, yeah. Harry could be anyone. <laughs> um, because he's been in Game of Thrones. He's been in, I believe he was also. Yeah, he was in Harry Potter. Yeah. Um. Uh, even in uh, you know, like the hot or films like Hot Fuzz, The World's End, uh, Captain America: The First Avenger was in Broadchurch, so worked with Chris Chimnall, um before. Do you see? Could you think of anyone else who could play the First Doctor, well, and look like the First Doctor? Well, he'd he'd already played that role, of course, in Adventures of Time and Space, which yeah. was the uh, one of the one of the series one of the. Uh, things for the 50th episode uh 50 yeah 50 years of the doctor so no because when when he did that i mean playing a dead actor must be must be difficult because you've got to spend hours watching that person and being that person but for adventures in time and space he he did it i mean he just he just embodied it and in this day and age where we can de-age people using software or we can we can i mean god's sake we could stick them in a cgi bobble suit and you know we could we could overlay the actor on them the fact that they've chosen someone that that is a damn good approximation i mean he's he's better than herdnell was in the uh, in five doctors he, yeah he bloody looks like him and he sounds like him now I am just so looking forward to it. It, <laughs> it, it, he, it. He he is the first Doctor. He has become the first Doctor, and and you know, it, not just the first Doctor. The first Doctor in his last story. If we're to yeah. believe that the set where they're at, that is that is Tenth um, Planet, which mm. is a uh, Mondasian Cyberman story. So it's really fitting that that. Peter's doctor, the twelfth, is there. It's there's just this there's just it's just well, um series ten's all about circles. You you probably got that. We started yeah. with the pilot, we ended with the pilot. Yeah. Um but that's where Bill started, that's where Bill finished. Mm-hmm. Um she also, you know, the the reason that that Bill uh finished with the pilot is because, you know, she had a thing for her. And so, you know, she she leaves the show. She gets the girl. So what better way to end series ten than right at the beginning? It's the full. Oh, we lost Daryl there for a second. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Um, filming that right now. 
All right. Um, hold on. You're, you're the British bandwidth is kicking our ass here. Yeah. That's what I'm driving on the left side of the information highway. <laughs> <laughs> you you mean the right side, right? Or the correct side, right? No, we drive on the right side. They drive on the left side, and we drive on the correct side. So. How are you going to get your sword arm out and have a sword fight if you're driving on the bloody right-hand side? <laughs> um, all, all I know is we have enough sticks for everyone. We, no- <laughs> <laughs> Motor vehicular jousting. That's, that's pretty much it. Am I back in the room now? Yes, yeah, yeah. You're, you're good. Um, I believe we left with um, your circles. Um, so what better planet than the uh, the then uh, Capaldi's doctor to come to the first, and then yeah. they were, well, uh, well, we're now they're now filming the Christmas episode, so we're now yeah. getting spoiler pics um, from on set. Um, I think this is going to be the bit that leads up to saving Gallifrey. Um, we're gonna get we're gonna get the uh, we're gonna get the, the doctor's eyes over the console, and and the first doctor joining in with the the fiftieth doctor celebrations and uh, saving Gallifrey. And I think that is how the this is my prediction for Christmas. This is that's how the show is going to end. The show is going to end at the fiftieth celebration. Yeah, we'll get the regeneration uh, just as he saves Gallifrey, and then. Uh, it's over to Chris Chibnall to produce the show and get it out for August 2018. Do we see? Do we see the new Doctor in the Christmas special? Um, well, I think we're going to see him at the end of the Christmas special. Yeah. How, however, if if I was the BBC, um, I'd secretly be filming the uh, the next series with a with a different team right now. And uh, I wouldn't show him. I'd keep that bit of mystery. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd show the regeneration. I'd show, you know, something starting to happen. Like when Tennant turned into uh, Matt Smith. Yeah. Yeah. If you pause the regeneration where he's all in his sort of uh, his orangey yellow glow, you can't tell that's Matt Smith. You can tell it's a different yeah. actor, but you can't tell it's Matt Smith. And that is what I would do. I mean, we're going to have to wait a long time for you know, good old Chris, Chris, Chris Marshall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it's not Chris Marshall, then then the, the then the internet lies, kids. I'm now going to be searching because I have not heard of that rumor. The DJ? No, Chris Marshall. Is Chris Marshall from is it Paradise? If you, uh, you do that, or my family. Yeah, or the BT. Oh, the, the, okay, sorry, I misspelled Chris. Oh! Um, strongly, okay. strongly rumored. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, he can, um, he, was in, the, was in Love Actually. That's yeah. the other, that's where I would have known him from. He can do serious. Yeah. He can do, he can do comedy. He's got excellent comedy timing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I think that is that I think that is the next doctor. It's all gone it. it's I can, all it's all gone quiet now on who's going to be the next doctor. Yeah, I could I could honestly see that just because with 
Matt Smith, I, I, maybe even David Tennant. I mean, David Tennant, I don't, I couldn't tell you, but it was like they were not as well known um, when they were cast. And no. I, like, well, Matt Smith, he wasn't as well known when he was cast. But so, and so this, it would almost be, especially for American audiences, this would be, well, who is this guy? Yeah. Oh, well, oh, well, we saw him in that movie with Rick from The Walking Dead and uh, Kira Knightley and all that, and uh, and Frodo ba- or not Frodo, Bilbo Baggins and Snape and Snape and oh god, uh, Chewetuelawajo Four, whatever he played. So many people going on to other things from that movie, and Rowan Atkinson, you know, he was in that movie. Um. No, I, I actually, honestly, I like that choice, to be honest. I am not going to lie at all. Um, Yeah, so we, we've got links to, uh, Colin Firth was also in the movie, I believe, as well. Um, We've got links to the Wikipedia page for, or we will in our show notes, the Wikipedia page for season or series 10 of Doctor Who and how to watch it both in America and in the UK because we are equal opportunity for the two main countries that we <laughs> facilitate. <laughs> um, sorry, beat. This is what happens when you're not here. <laughs> um, but Daryl, any, any final things before we wrap up um, elsewhere? Um, no, I think I've covered absolutely everything. I didn't normally, I write a script when I come on here. I know. It, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know it, it might seem I'm unorganized, but I do. And, and uh, for who knew and review is, is incredibly scripted because, yeah. because otherwise it'd be four hours long and I'd get distracted. <laughs> oh yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. When I was doing the, um, the, the radio bit for Galactic Radio, it was also heavily scripted. And even the one-man show that I'm working on, which with how things have been going, could evolve into a the revitalization <laughs> of Pod Save the Queen or something like that. <laughs> um, it's you know, it's I'd probably lean more towards scripts because the the only other things I've thought of we, we covered. Like this is like talking about with the series, like like with you know, you start here, you know, at like okay, my expectations are high. But yet this show has managed it and it's gone up and up and up as we've gone uh, further and further with it. Um, the, do you know what? You, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there because coming into a new one, it's high. And yeah. you just hope they don't smash it against the rocks early. And and you, you watch it and you're going, well, I've just rated this five, five TARDISes out of five what's the next one going to be? And you're going, well, I can't just keep giving him five, can I? <laughs> and, and, and I haven't a, co- a couple of times. I mean, uh, I, I rated the, um, I rated the finale yeah. um, just for the way it, just for the emotional pieces and how it ended. I rated it six out of five. And I argued that what I did is I rated it five, got an TARDIS, took it back in time and added that new TARDIS to five, making six. <laughs> that, that is how you rate a show. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's you know, I mean, it's awesome to think about that, and I mean, I wish, I wished it, Matt, or not Matt Smith. Um, I wish Stephen Moffat the best with Sherlock, and it sounds like he's also doing, um, he's gonna be doing a new show, a new series on uh, based on Dracula with uh, Mark Gaddis. Yes. 
that sounds interesting. Yeah. It it sounds like it's a mashup between Sherlock and Doctor Who, but with classic monsters. Yeah. Um, it sounds re- it actually really sounds good. I'm 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 quite quite excited for that. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, this, this, way, this, this way, you see, we get to introduce uh, Matt Stein into Stephen Moffat, and slowly we can steer him into the Doctor Who universe. So what I'm hearing from you is. When this comes out, it's going to be a tag team episode of, of Pot with me and you. Absolutely. Because that's what I was just thinking. I'm like, this is because it's, it's a two way street for me because it's, in, it's bringing me into horror, but then it's bringing Matt into Moffat, which would then lead to Doctor Who, which I feel I feel like if Dave's not involved in that, then I feel like he might kill us, <laughs> and I'm closer than he, you are. <laughs> Uh, he he's not allowed to anymore um, because yeah. it, because he's part of the Commonwealth. He has to do what the Queen tells him. <laughs> this is this is true. Um, no, um, I should go. I should I should do the things of well. Uh, with regards to me, obviously WNAR underscore podcast. I retweet stuff. I don't I don't tweet myself. I just retweet Doctor Who stories that I I find interesting. It's um, it's it's. Mainly, mainly things that Rachel Slot tweets. Oh. <laughs> um, she, she, um, but by by any of the things that she uh, that she that she draws because she's fantastic. Um, she's yeah. been an absolute an absolute pot of gold for 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 Doctor Who and for drawing, especially the Twelfth Doctor. Um, her Twelfth Doctor as a punk is fantastic. But um, I retweet stuff on WNAR underscore podcast. Um, my my own mental breakdown is at UK Gnome. Um, that's all my views. It's it's not necessarily networked, although I do sometimes retweet a lot of Galactic Network stuff and um, bait trolls. Uh, <laughs> ov- obviously, um, uh, gncasts.com slash TARDIS is how you find my shows. Um, tardis at gncasts.com is how you email me there you go there we go <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i give you the masturbator daryl johnson <laughs> 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 I, I, I much prefer wanker thank you very much <laughs> um you can fo- again follow him at all those things uh Daryl, it's good seeing you. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with you for about 10, 15 minutes. You, you know, uh, All right. I'll, I'll pop myself on mute though, just in, just in case. Uh, uh, feel free if you want to, you know, mention, you know, chime in on any of these stories. Um, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is the news of the week that we found. Um. <laughs> Sorry, just saw what Growly Bear wrote. <laughs> Give Daryl a hand. Lubed. <laughs> Thank- Thanks, Growly. <laughs> um, so we are going to get into the news. And the first bit of news, and it, for audio listeners, if you are hearing the fireworks, I apologize. But there's literally nothing I can do because I live by a lake. And lakes in Michigan mean fireworks for the 4th of July. Um. um I thought I thought they were for me. <laughs> oh no, they are. They are. It's all right then. It's just also their whole, you know, the whole America Independence. Dave has a v- very interesting video on this that I that 
you know, sums it up pretty nicely. That, yeah. But the first bit of news is the DC animated movies, all 30 of them are coming out as a box set. Um, This is coming out later this year. And if you have already bought all 30, so this is starting with, um, oh, load up quicker. This is all the DC movies that, you know, spawned off of Justice League, essentially. Yeah, it starts with Superman um, Doomsday. And it's going to go all the way up to the new Batman and Harley yeah. Quinn. Yeah. So, and and then also includes the um, oh, where is it? Uh, the animated shorts, the Spectre, uh, Green Arrow, Jonah Hex, Catwoman, Superman, or uh, Catwoman and Superman, Shazam: The Return of Black Adam, and the. Only thing I got to say is this article does not give the price that's something that i'm very interested in is how much does this cost because and also what's it gonna like look like because i'm seeing you know i in my head i'm picturing you know like a uh at least like a backdrop of different you know like metropolis and gotham city you know like a nice panorama with something like that but i mean how how cool of a box are we gonna get here because I know my one of my friends from work, he's going to be buying this for the box. He's already got all the movies. I think he's even got some of them. Well, he's probably got most of them on DVD. But so he he will be upgrading some to Blu-ray. But I myself have two. I've got. Um, hold on, let me double check. I've got Teen Titans and um, Justice League Dark. Mm. and not so it's gonna be one of those like so it's it's a lot less for me but for the people who have collected all these movies how much is this gonna set them back yeah it doesn't look like there's any prices out there yet at least not that i'm able to find right now um yeah so so what would you pay for this for 30 full-length movies yeah in see, one that's, set? that's the thing i mean you figure at five dollars a movie, you're getting still getting a really good deal, and yeah. you're already that's already one hundred and fifty dollars. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if this is like one ninety nine or something like that. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I like I could see I could see that, and then I mean, and Evans bringing up would the box be a Hall of Justice? I could see that that would look pretty cool. Um. And I could see, you know, honestly, I could see whatever that box looks like, putting it behind me, and then we could just do the meanwhile at the Hall of Justice <laughs> to segue to the next segment. <laughs> now, what I want to see is the the side that you put all the discs in makes the Hall of Justice, but then when you turn it around, you've got the uh, the Legion of Doom bubblehead coming out of the swamp. That's <laughs> yeah. what I want. <laughs> yeah. Um. I also wonder how is this going to kill the sales of Batman and Harley Quinn? Because I mean, would you go out and buy Batman and Harley Quinn, the new uh, movie, which looks amazing. I mean, yeah. from watching the uh, Teen Titans, uh, the Judas contract, um, 
and you know watching that preview that they had you know with bringing back kevin conroy and getting uh, melissa roush from the big bang theory um bernadette on the big bang theory to voice harley quinn and do a good job better than i'm I'm gonna say something controversial in my opinion better than tara strong not better than arlene sorkin because i don't think you can go better than the original you can come close as we've talked about with doctor who but she's really good yeah and all that well here's the thing i i think you know, people who own a lot of the movies to set down the money on the whole set, I think is probably more likely because you've got, you know, all that money that you've spent on your DVDs was already spent. That's gone money. It's in the past. People say, okay, I'll, I'll plunk this down. But if you go and spend two to $300, whatever the cost is for these 30 movies, to then turn around and pay 15 or $20 for just the one yeah, I don't think it's going to happen very much. So I guess depending on how well this sells, it could impact the Batman and Harley Quinn sales. But yeah, I just I got to wonder. I I mean, this is one of those super fan things, I think, you know, that your average fan is not going to go and drop the money for all 30 DVDs at once. I don't think. Yeah. What I would love to see for this is the target exclusive mainly because also i work at target um which is where i got the justice league steelbook it was or not justice league yeah uh, just league dark steelbook it was a target exclusive um and actually the teen titans the judas contract that's where they've been they've been steelbooks as the exclusive there um and so that would be cool to see the our idea of the dvd or the blu-rays go in to form the hall of justice turn it around to be the uh to be the uh legion of doom Doom, or even better yet because they've done this in other with other movies the back be an insert where you can take it out turn it around and you can choose either one yeah it's stuff like that um daryl are you interested in this no (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's gonna take a lot of real estate yeah that's a lot of discs that you've then got to find a bloody shelf for and we are in the age of streaming media what i think is a much better idea is a streaming media pass yeah or a you know heck a usb key with all the bloody discs on them so you can whack them in the back of your tv and stream them as you like but i do like the idea of the the hall of justice Hmm. so why not sell a bloody fantastically made toy desk toy yeah which has the streaming pass on it or a usb key on it so you can whack it in the back of your tv let's do away with bloody dvds yeah i've got stacks of them under my telly and i've had enough of them because my my blu-ray player never gets put on because i i have netflix and i have amazon prime do a do a deal with those guys but yeah. give you give you a limited edition physical thing that says, "Hey, I'm still a super fan. Look at me. I, you know, I I bought the passes for all the, all the other discs, but I've now bought this where it's all collected together nicely, and I've got this limited edition thing." Yeah. So what if it was the the because DC's working on that pass thing or that you know their their Netflix like uh, subscription service. What if it was a year subscription to that service? 
Now, I think I think new services have, have been and gone because you've got you've got at least two big players which are global players rather mm-hmm. than, rather than regional players. Um, we don't get Hulu in the UK. Yeah. yeah why, why? You know, um, don't really want it because I've got tons of bloody catch up services to watch. So why yeah. not put it on one of the two big ones? Do a tie in deal with them. That brings more people to your your backyard to your estate. Um, by creating a new a new service, unless you are Disney and you've got that much of a back catalogue. Well, they, they already do. They already do, though, because I mean, you, you look at this, it's with what's rumored, they're going to have that live action Titans show that was going to be on TNT here in the States. Um, like, you know, that I think that Greg Berlanti is working on now. Um, the third season of Young Justice is going to be on there. And then you add 30 original movies and all that you know to be streamed at any time plus batman the animated series superman the animated series justice league justice league unlimited the first two seasons of of uh uh young justice and the original teen titans uh before it was teen titans go that's quite a bit of stuff right there alone it is, but what you, but but that a lot of that is already available on 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 services like Prime. So great, you you take that all off Prime, then all of a sudden all the Prime customers are going. Well, I've only got Prime because I like watching the streaming movies. Screw you, DC. Yeah, you're not getting another. <laughs> you're not getting another penny out of me. Um, I don't know how much you spend on subscription services, but more than I should. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And I think the more you introduce a new ser- new service, you know, uh, I I think you're you're making you're not you're not making a competitive service for everyone. What you're doing is making niche services, and niche services never make money. And it it's got to be all about that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. And with Daryl's point about having the uh, the physical object that you then have the key for, whatever that almost makes a lot of sense for Amazon to be the partner then because you've already got not only their streaming video, but you also have their uh, infrastructure and capabilities to get physical items out to customers. So, yeah, I mean, I I would agree with that. I'd go with that one. Yeah. All right. The next story is um, you guys have heard of this Game of Thrones. I I believe it's a TV series where, you know, there's a lot of boobies and, um, stuff like that. I, th- I think Daryl would like it because of that. Like, there's a lot of boobies and stuff in there. Um, I've I've never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I'm not. No, no. Don't laugh. I'm serious. It got it got so hyped over in the UK because you turn it on and bloody Murdoch Sky TV would be like, oh, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, and it's just like when they when they hammer you like that, I just lose interest because it's yeah. just like I can I can make my own. Mind. So I really have never seen game of thrones so you're you you actually as a side as a side jag here me and you are very similar um i wouldn't it wouldn't be a surprise if we were one and the same um because i'm like that with movies if i see the and thank god i only got three days until spider-man homecoming because at work they've added a spider this the first tv spot for spider-man homecoming so it's like and it's only like a a half hour i don't even think it's a half hour a loop of stuff that they have that they play on their tvs and as the cell phone guy you're back in electronics so i've seen that first tv spot 
quite a bit today. <laughs> as as I told as I told all my friends, if they do this shit with Star Wars, I'm just gonna be like, la, 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 la. so about consumer cellular la, la, la. <laughs> and stuff like that. But so Game of Thrones, like so Game of Thrones, you know, like the movies they have that thing. Like if I see the, you know commercials all the time. Um, the, only, the only one to sort of buck that has been Dunkirk, but it's also mainly because it's been where it has been the same. It's still, it's like, ooh, that looks really good. And he's filming it on, you know, it's Christopher Nolan and he's filming it on, um, what is it, 78 millimeter? I think is what he's filming it on. And so I'm like, all right, that's going to be a, a movie I'm, I'm going to be watching and just be like, oh my gosh, it's so good. It's a good movie. But. Back to the story. The Game of Thrones final season could have all feature-length episodes. So typically, Daryl, to fill you in, the the seasons, the episodes usually run an hour long. And this is HBO, so there's usually a, a 10 to 15-minute leeway um, with certain episodes. Then they started doing with the season finales. They would do longer, you know, closer to a, a 90-minute uh, runtime um actually i think well, this past season they did the last two or out of the out of the last four episodes two of them were closer to 90 minutes um one of them being the battle of the bastards um but it sounds like coming from the con of thrones panel um all the episodes from 2019's the final season of Game of Thrones could be over an hour long. Now, Sean, as a you you watch Game of Thrones, right? Religiously. Okay, so as as a a man who prays to the old gods and the new, Mm -hmm. what do you think of this? Keeping in mind we have no books for the book nerds to be like when I was better in the books, yeah. (laughs) um you know i never did the books um and and i'm not like against it or anything like that it's just i just never got around to that particular set of books so um and i I got my fix off of the tv show when they first announced that the final season was only going to be six episodes i was kind of like what the fuck that's that's a ripoff you know why am i only getting six episodes well now that i'm saying okay i'm not really getting six episodes i'm basically getting six movies this yeah. is basically, you know, almost a Harry Potter franchise. This is well, this is basically season. two seasons of this is basically two seasons of Sherlock, or sorry, yeah. two series of Sherlock. Yeah. So I mean, as far as that, from that perspective, where I initially felt like I was being robbed of something, I now feel like okay, this is kind of cool. They're just it's just going to be condensed a little bit, which could definitely make for some interesting storytelling. It's you know, one of the things I, I appreciate about Game of Thrones is over 10 episodes, they there's a, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of story, but they can they also take their time with it. You know, a lot of the stuff that they do is kind of a slow burn. If you go back and especially watch the season again with knowledge of what's going to happen, you can see all the little, you know, all the little building blocks leading up to what is going to occur. So this is going to be just a little bit different setup for that. Um, I think the story might move a little faster because it's going to be, 
you know, feature length episodes are, I, I would imagine are going to be more self-contained as episodes, I would think. Yeah. Um, in, in order to keep your attention for that long. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm on board with this. So you were, you were hitting something that I was going to hit on. Um, the typically whenever the show or the show has done in the past, they've had the longer episodes. They've been set in one location, Blackwater, Battle of the Bastards as mm-hmm. examples. So the from Vanity Fair, their theory is that we could be getting the most latest season of Arrested Development. Now, I'm using this as an extreme, because if you look at the Netflix, you know, the first season on Netflix, where it's all original of Arrested Development, it all took place relatively through the same, you know, the same like week or two weeks period. Mm -hmm. But it was told from different perspectives. So we could, in theory, be getting something like that, like, like so eight episodes. So, well, this is the, uh, the uh, Brian of Tarth episode. This is the Jon Snow episode. This is the Arya Stark episode. This is the, um, this person who still survived episode, and all that all throughout. And then there's a little bit of crossing, you know, of streams crossing there. Yeah, and you, you got to think of that final season is when we're going to see the majority of Danny's play for the throne, yeah. um, you know, which is all going to take place in and around King's Landing, I would assume. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see that it's going to be more, you know, focused on one spot rather than jumping all over the place like the uh, like a lot of the shows do. Yeah, and also just so you are aware, this is according from uh, David Chen on Twitter, um, where this is this is all coming from. From a um, a panel over at the Con of Thrones um, panel Comic Con thing, um, he said that the season finale or uh, Farfield uh, Paula Farfield, the sound designer for Game of Thrones, uh, said that the season seven finale of Game of Thrones will be eighty two minutes. Um, final season they're considering making each episode feature length. So that is the whole of the source for this story um but yeah so the final one is and this is actually a pretty fun one for daryl to end on possibly um is that spider-man is not going to have spider sense in homecoming now sorry as what? <laughs> what yes so this is coming from the director john watts and he said that this is one of the mistakes that Sony has used in the past, and that's relying too much on Peter's spider sense. So he's not going to, so they're not going to have it. And we've already seen mentions of this in civil war because it seemed like, and this is only like looking back at it in hindsight, that the mentioning of the fact that the, where we got that cool moment in the trailer where Spider-Man's eyes on the costume went in, you know, it was like, whoosh, sort of deal. It's mm. because he, he doesn't have the spider sense. He takes in all this information to where it's like, it helps him focus. You know, he's taking in all this light and stuff like that. And that's what gives him a spider sense. I'm using air quotes for the audio listeners. Um, so what do you uh, daryl's shocked by this uh but what do you guys think about this about the fact that one of spider-man's 
typical powers, you know, the, this is one of the cornerstones. You think of Spider-Man, you think Spider-Sense. Powers is not going to be in the movie. Do you want to go first, Sean? Um, yeah, the, to me, see, here's the thing. It's like, when I first heard it, I'm not a big Spider-Man guy. So when I first heard it, I thought, well, you know, it, it's kind of a weird power. It's kind of, you know, magical. and and. But you're right. I mean, other than the web slinging, that is who Spider-Man is. So basically what you're telling me is Batman's not going to have the Batmobile. Superman's not going to be able to fly. And Green Lantern's not going to have his ring. You know, Spider-Man's not going to have his spider sense. So, yeah, it does seem a little bit odd. But I mean, I guess if the storytelling supports it and it's just it's not like a big deal is made of it. It's just something they're not utilizing. I can be okay with that because it's like you guys were saying, it's when you see a show or a movie that gets bad, you know, batted over and over and over. The Spidey sense is kind of like that too. It is something that he uses all the time. So maybe just him not using it could be very interesting. could lead to a, a good storytelling perspective of him having to deal with these things in other ways. Uh, like you were saying, Gregor, with the the suit, the eyes narrowing, and you know maybe it's just a different approach to what we're used to. Uh, but it it does, yeah, definitely does seem strange. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a massive Spider Man fan. Mm-hmm. Spider Man was the first superhero that I was introduced to. Um, I have a tattoo. Of the st- Are we the same person? I have. I have a. I don't know. Do you? Do you have a? Do you have a tattoo of the st- scarlet spider? Um. Uh, same arm. Different. Different superhero. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I mean, he's on on my Deadpool arm as well. <laughs> but um, when Spider-Man gets his powers, one of the first things that kicks in is his spider sense. His sense of knowing that something is wrong. He doesn't know why it's wrong. It's not like he's clairvoyant. He's not going, oh, if I walk down this street, I'm going to get mugged. He just knows there's something wrong. It's an intuition. It's a feeling. It's it's the way he his senses are, you know, are all around him, and he, he takes that in. Without that, he's just a bloke that throws a rope. He's a strong bloke that throws a rope. The spider sense is an integral part of Spider-Man. With regards what we saw in Civil War, that is stark technology. That is a suit. That is a computer-driven algorithm. You cannot fuck about with Spider-Man and expect people that grew up with Spider-Man to actually appreciate that. Um, as someone who grew up with Spider-Man, um, it sort of makes sense because it then becomes the MacGuffin. It then becomes the thing that, oh, well, I, I will look at the last Spider-Man movie, Amazing Spider-Man number two, um, which featured the death of Gwen Stacy. Spoilers. You look at that, the Spider-Sense should have told him about that. The spider sense should have, but you didn't see it. You didn't see him going, oh, wait, something bad's going to happen. What is he, what's going on here? Okay, obviously this is going to happen. You don't 
see that what you what you end up seeing how this fails and so i i look at this as the sort of like the same way i look at um the other part of this is that they're not doing the uh, the Uncle Ben dying and him getting or him getting bit by the spider thing again makes perfect sense. I am all for it. Whilst they don't need um, to do an origins because we know the origins of Spider Man, um, yeah. so we don't we don't need to see Uncle Ben die again. That poor bastard, Uncle Ben. He's he's been dead <laughs> so many times in so many films and so many comics. Although, um, aren't you a little bit curious since Aunt May? is fit <laughs> yeah yeah that's a word to, um to i mentioned this earlier but um i downloaded the official spider-man homecoming app and in there you can access peter's phone and one of the text messages that they added since i put it on yesterday i was messing with it earlier was a text conversation between peter parker and tony stark it ends with um actually i'm gonna try to open it um, but it basically, he goes, uh, Spider-Man goes, hey, so uh, you want to talk? And Peter or Tony Stark goes, uh, yeah, is your aunt around? <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, maybe they're trying to do like this is going to be a, a new Coke classic, uh, Coke classic thing where they're going to take the Spidey senses away for a movie so that they can make a huge deal out of them when they come back in the next movie, you know. So that maybe that's something that they're going to attempt. Now, if they did that, Sean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so bad with that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't. The, the Spider Sense in the comics, and I know there's a difference between them cinematic universe in the comics but the the spider sense in the comics has never been an exact science anyway Hmm. and there are plenty of bad guys who've managed to circumvent the spider sense but the the spider sense itself is an integral part of the character like communicating with ants is for Mm ant-man um even though you know it's just don't do this to my child. <laughs> no, I, you know, I totally get it. Um, because like I said, it, to me, it would be the same as if they gave me a new Batman movie, but they said, but at, at no point in this movie, are you going to see the Batmobile? And it's like, no, that's wrong. You know, that has to be in there somewhere, you know, but it's, so, I mean, I, I definitely get where you're coming from with this. I'm just hopefully trying to paint a better face on it because it is kind of, kind of strange that they've taken this this aspect away from him and i i look at this as this is going to be one of the probably one of the better things to happen for this movie because they have hindsight on their hands no well no peter parker doesn't but but hold on on, on, (laughs) what i'm talking about is how many spider-man movies have we had yeah too many We've had five Spider-Man movies, yeah. uh, you know, since 2000. How many yeah. good ones have we had? Two. <laughs> You're being really generous. Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man Two. Uh, no, I would, I would say the um, the last run of Spider-Man's, the first one, was more akin to Spider-Man than Spider-Man, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. 
Okay, I'll give you that, but two was good. Two was really good. And then Amazing Spider-Man number one. Uh, Defoe as um, Green Goblin, however. We yes. need a Green Goblin movie with Defoe. There we yeah. go. No, yeah. <laughs> there are... With the first two Spider-Man movies, Defoe and Alfred Molina, perfect casting. Yeah. In there. Well, um, you know, it's funny, too, because last week um, when Kevin was on and he was talking about Wonder Woman and how in the, the movie he had to remind himself to breathe during the one fight, uh, that was the first time that ever happened to me was that fight on the train between Spider-Man and Doc Ock and Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And literally get to the end of that and go, oh wait, breathe, Sean, breathe, you know. Uh, so I, I agree with you there. That that was perfect casting for that. They did a great job in that one. But no, overall, I look at this as the director has an idea for this movie for the for this power set. Um, and to do it, I know it's not like just we're like we're gonna piss off the fans by making it where he ha- he doesn't have a spider sense. It's more of a that that like they thought about it and like well this becomes a little bit of a crutch to if you think about it, mm-hmm. I mean and it sort of doesn't make sense where it's, he's like just flying around oh what spider sense, ow like you would think it would come a little bit sooner or something as opposed to oh it's like right here like I think I'm gonna get punched I could see it with my hand but I'm not sure because you know this could go like that but oh my spider sense went off sort of deal <laughs> I, I, I know i know what you're getting at but it's just wrong <laughs> oh no trust me trust me i i i i don't like the fact that they're taking away the spider sense but i think to say okay they're taking away it, and then it's like oh no this is so wrong when they could be giving us something better they could be giving us well not better but they could be giving us something that is comparable that is like okay this doesn't suck um could be a benefit uh don't get me wrong it's not a deal breaker because i can't wait for the film because the 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 trailers that have come out and the the tv shorts which we don't get over here but we still look at them on youtube um it looks as close to Spider-Man as I'm going, as 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 eight-year-old Daryl is going to get. Yeah, this is what I said before this movie, when I was talking with my friends about Spider-Man. Um, and this is also before Man of, or, uh, Batman vs Superman came out because then they would egg me on, much like we do with Corey, to get me <laughs> to rant. Um, I would say if you took some of the story from the first two and input Andrew Garfield because Andrew Garfield to me had a better build for a college age Peter Parker not high school but college age same thing with Tobey Maguire Tobey Maguire is like yeah you're in you're in high school and I'm 200 pounds well at the time I think I was but you know and and, and I'm a 200 pound jock <laughs> sort of deal I- I think I think Tom Holland's a, a perfect a perfect mm-hmm. fit. He and the fact I mean the guy's bloody athletic. I mean, you know, backflips, turns, and things like that. That's him. The fact majority, that he can't keep a secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the majority of the time, that's him, and and that's 
actually that is one of the one of the things that I think where Spider-Man this this version of Spider-Man Spider-Man Homecoming is going to win because it's not going to all of a sudden cut to a stunt an ill a stunt guy in an ill-fitting suit it's a lot of the time it's going to be him doing the the wire work doing the jumps and flips on a green screen yeah um it's yeah that that is that is you know he is going to be spider-man it is going to be good it's just you know yeah sony don't piss on my dreams <laughs> sony marvel you heard him um, um but hang on hang on i just want to just dial back a bit yeah you 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 mentioned Batman versus Superman. He was almost disparaging there. I mean, that was a perfect film, no? <laughs> it had Batman in it, so it was perfect for me. You know, <laughs> are, are are you? Is there a British term of perfect that I do not under that I am? My American ears are misunderstanding. I'm, I'm, I'm only fucking with you. <laughs> oh, I know, but so I'm like, wait, is there a British term? because um, when the ultimate. <laughs> This is what I always say to people like that. Like, oh, yeah, it's so good. I'm like, yeah, when the ultimate edition is the better film because it outlines so much bullshit that came in the the theatrical release, you movie shit. You see, you see, that, that's it. We, we were lucky that Batman and Superman, Batman v Superman set the bar so low. Yeah. Yeah. Because anything that can come in over that, yeah. And when someone turns around and says... Oh, the thing is, you know, it was a little bit, it was a little bit shit, wasn't it? And you'd be able to go, well, actually, uh, it wasn't Batman versus Superman. And all of a sudden, whatever, whatever shit superhero film you've just watched is Dude, elevated funny. in, elevated in status. Yeah. No, actually, you might be describing why I like Suicide Squad so much. Is <laughs> because of the fact that it wasn't. Batman versus Superman. Um, um, yeah, look, look, Suicide Squad's a whole, a whole hour and a half of problems. <laughs> yeah, but they were at least fun problems. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I like see here, and even to compare, and we are off, like we are off track on this a little bit, but whatever. It's the listeners. We're always off track. Daryl's an extra twenty minutes, almost a half hour over what he said he would be. Yeah. Um, but Suicide Squad with their extended of edition the stuff that they that they had in there added some stuff to harley quinn but it wasn't like it was stuff that was needed in the story it was extra little things like oh we see that this is a uh to use comic terms a more new 52 style of harley quinn where she's crazy but the psychiatrist is still there where you know there's the scene where they're walking down and she's psychoanalyzing the whole team you know she's sitting there going oh so yeah just you know blah 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 psycho psychoanalyst terms and all that and throughout the whole throughout that scene now you take that out that doesn't subtract anything from the movie but it doesn't you know it's not like you're now oh we, we just lost this whole thing and you know the movie's horrible at the same time well, you never know. Maybe Sony will treat us, and we'll 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 have a few a few lines to explain the missing uh, the missing spider sense, something like that. All right. Well, that is going to do it for the news, and we will be right back for the views.
and we are back and it is time for the else views this is the part of the show where we talk about a movie show game thing that is our mind that we want to go a little bit more in depth on um sean being sean he's brought music yes love my music uh one of my favorite top three bands of all time uh just released their first studio album in i want to say 17 that can't be right in quite a few years let me see here uh since 2003 so in 14 years uh their first studio album and that is the uh rock band sticks uh they have released a new album uh Still two of the very original members, Tommy Shaw and James Young, still with the band. Uh, new drummer, uh, Todd Suckerman, not real new. He's been around for at least 15, 16 years. Uh, but he replaced the original drummer who passed away. Uh, Lawrence Gowen took the place of Dennis DeYoung. Uh, and bass player Ricky Phillips has taken the place of uh, the original bass player, Chuck Panazzo, who... Uh, still tours with the band, still played on this album, but not full-time bass. Uh, he is um, HIV positive and, and has a lot of trouble with uh, uh, fatigue and things like that. So when you go to see them on tour, he'll come out for two or three songs, and that's about the extent of what he does on stage with them now. Uh, but their new album is called uh, The Mission, and it's a concept album. It tells a, a story of the first manned mission to Mars in the year 2033. And this album is a real return to form for them. This album is much more of the classic 70s, early 80s stick style that you might be used to than their last couple albums that they did put out. Um, Cyclorama, Big Bang Theory, and... Um, uh, oh, yep, yeah, just lost it. But anyway, they had three albums that came out um, since Dennis DeYoung left the band. And they, those, those albums were definitely different. And this is actually much more along the style of what you would have gotten out of Paradise Theater, Pieces of Eight, um, and Crystal Ball, things like that. So definitely a return to form for them. Uh, the first song on the album uh there's a there's a brief prelude and then it goes into a song called gone 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 which has quickly become one of my favorite sticks albums since this uh or six songs rather since this came out two weeks ago uh i can't get enough of this so they, they did a really great job on it um and these guys tour mercilessly they are always on the road uh, and right now they're touring with uh don felder from the eagles and ario speedwagon uh, for the summer, and they are just so much fun uh, to see in concert. I think I've seen them eight times now, um, second only to the number of times I've seen Kansas in concert. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I mean, if you're a classic rock fan, if you're a, I don't, a little bit of prog rock mixed in there, um, but if you're a classic rock fan, you're a fan of the arena rock of, you know, Journey, Boston, that that sort of thing. This this album is going to be right in your wheelhouse and um, shows that even at, you know, all these guys are in their 60s and they're still out there touring religiously and kicking ass and taking names musically. Uh, and it's just it's a really tight album from start to finish. There's not 
uh, you know, it doesn't really go off the rails at all, uh, unlike us. Uh, but it, you know, they really <laughs> stick to their stick to their musical guns, and, and really, it's it's a fantastic album. So, uh, if you're into classic rock, if you like that sort of thing, I would definitely say check out the Mission by Sticks. It'll be worth your time. But it's it's a short album. Forty three minutes is all it is. Um, but it's uh, it tells a really cool story, and it's a lot of fun. Nice. Um, I've got nothing to add to that because I mean, I just, you know, I'm not like my musical tastes are not that I like, I, I like sticks, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but it's not like that I've kept on uh, up with them, but yeah, that's nice. It's really nice to hear. Yeah. Um, and the one thing too, that I would, I want to add is if you do go to listen to this, use headphones because they do a ton of stuff with the different channels and so you're really hearing things coming from the left coming from the right uh tommy shaw in an interview with ultimateclassicrock.com said you know he remembers the the kinds of albums like alan parsons project and pink floyd and and, uh jethro tull where you'd go home and you'd smoke a little weed you put your headphones on and you'd sit and just chill out to that sort of thing uh and those are uh, that's the kind of album this is. It's uh, he said those those were a trip, and that's what he wanted this album to be was a trip. You, it, it's a musical journey the whole way through, and it it came out really cool. Nice, Daryl. Is there anything you want to share with us? Um, recently, uh, the only thing I've really been uh, been watching is Netflix, and um, they've just put the first two series of the Iron Man cartoon. You know, the one with young Tony Stark. I've sort of been getting really into that. Is that um, Iron Man Armored Avenger or Armored Avenger? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I didn't think I would because, uh, uh, as you know, I I don't like them dicking around with characters. But having Tony having Tony Stark as a as a college student. <laughs> Um, you know, inherited his, his dad's wealth and, you know, genius level IQ. It actually really works. It is a fantastic reinvention of the character. And it's actually one which I wouldn't be surprised if the MCU picks up on, especially as uh, Downey Jr. in the MCU has said, look, he hasn't really got long left because he's getting on a bit. Mm. Um, the animation is, it's it's really good. The story, the story arc in the first series is is what you'd expect. If you're an Iron Man fan, mm-hmm. um, then it's well worth the the the, the watch. Um, it, it's just been really really enjoyable. I, I I started watching it with my kids, but but then uh, then of an evening because because we've we're we're through the summer months, I've been putting on two or three episodes a night on my own. <laughs> um, yeah so yeah i'd I'd like to see more cartoon reinventions of superheroes i actually think um as i was going back to 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 homecoming if they'd done that with maybe spider-man then you could get away with rewriting the character slightly and making it more appealing to kids and big kids alike but yeah i i'd certainly recommend it i'd certainly you know it's um, there needs to be more cartoon content like that on uh, streaming services like Netflix, but uh, you know that's two series. That's you know that's uh, that's a couple of discs that I uh, I don't need to buy now. Thank you very much, Ian Netflix. No, yeah. So with this, I will to give you I will give you some back some background on this as being uh, over on this side of the pond. Um, this was originally out on Nick Tunes, so Nickelodeon's like fourth tier show or fourth tier network. 
Um, it was the same network that had um, the Wolverine and the X Men show, and I think there was another one. Um, before this was obviously before the Disney, um, you know, just before the Disney acquisition of Marvel of Marvel Comics, and this is, and I remember watching the show and and enjoying it as well. But I was like, if it, it came out two thousand eight, so I was nineteen when this came out. I know I just made you feel old, and I apologize. Um, <laughs> but. It was, um, I will actually piggyback off that and give more recommendations. The Disney XD stuff that they're doing right now. Um, so they're just wrapping up with Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, but then the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, the um, Avengers Assemble. I believe it's Avengers Assemble. Yeah, we, we, we get that on a Saturday show over here, Avengers yeah. Assemble. And um, uh, well, I, I did you plan that. Uh, my 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 kids will watch it with me, but I I record it for me. Yeah, no, it's that like some of those because they're telling stories, and this is what I I loved about um gr- growing up. And again, I apologize for dating you guys, but with the original, well, not the the Spider Man the animated series from the nineties, where they were telling chapter stories in this half hour in these half hour episodes that's what you're getting with the stuff from disney xd over here in america i don't don't know what channel it airs on over in the uk um probably like sky or something like that right well we 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 get we get a couple of channels like that in the kids slot but i'm too tight to buy them on sky because i I spend enough (laughs) money yeah but no so i mean yeah these are you know this is a great pick and i forgot about it and it was one of those like watching it because it came out around the same time that the iron man movie came out and it was like the art style it was like this is weird but it was it's in a similar well it's in a kind of similar art style to the neil patrick harris spider-man animated tv series that was on mtv yeah um but it works it honestly works um it's just it was weird with how it was going because this was at the end of marvel licensing out to other networks um like also at this time there was the superhero squad show on uh now it's like discovery family and health but then it was uh then it was uh the hub where we also had the aquabat super show which i miss horribly but yeah daryl thanks thanks for that and also for being here a lot longer than you had originally told we knew that we we knew that was gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) yeah um, so my show, or no, actually not a show, it's an app. I've been saying this whole time. It's called Um. This is from a UK-based ga- uh, gaming studio called uh, Big Potato. They do board games over there, uh, or board games. You might have seen games like Obama Llama or Mr. Lister's Quiz Shootout um, or Chameleon is one of their newest ones. Um, they do all these different fun party games, um, or more. It's more party game style. And this this game, it's all it's an app. It's fully, you know, you are just guessing. So this is this is the first. You can probably only see the picture, but it's you are guessing the celebrity, and the his first name is Usain. So by that picture, who would you say this is? Usain Thunderstorm. Exactly. I was going to go with Frank Gustin. 
But that's <laughs> <laughs> <Grant> Gustin. <laughs> Um, but no, so you you would and you get these different number you know letters at the bottom that you have to then fill in. Um, it's a twist on that whole like Pictionary game, and actually I think there are a couple that are done by like where you can submit your own. Um, I've gone through like there are movies, there's bands, um, fiction stuff. Um, like okay, here, I'm gonna show you this, and I bet you won't guess the band. No. <laughs> Four letter band. Oh, Four letter yes. band. <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> da, da. And I, I'm sitting here going, guessing. For the audio listeners, the first one was with Usain Bolt was a thundercloud, which a lightning bolt. And then this one was two people kissing. So therefore you get kiss. Um, it's stuff like that. And there's um, hints that you can get. Um, the cool part is there's no ads. This is a free game with no ads. Now, you might be saying, well, how do they make money? They give you, and also I realized now that I'm, oh, this is difficult. They give you three different unlockables, and I'm going to use the American American currency here because it does not give it in pounds, but you can get 60 levels for $1, 260 levels for $2, or six, 260 levels and unlimited skips for $4. That I actually really like that idea of unlocking stuff as opposed to watch this ad and skip 30 se- or 30 minutes on something or watch this ad and get a free piece of our current our currency that you normally have to pay for yeah. and stuff like that. This seems more honest in my opinion. Um I just give them another plug right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that currency model that you're talking about, the have you have you seen the new Futurama game that came out? I have oh. heard of it, but I haven't played it. It it's it's just a reskinned tapped out. And that's yeah. that's all it is. You know, and Family yeah. Guy did this and Futurama did it, and it's you know, you can watch ads and get a slice of pizza, but the, the model you're describing like I, I play a game called seven little words and mm-hmm. that is great because every day they give you a free puzzle. And if you miss a day, you can play up to the last three days or you can buy these other packs of puzzles for like a dollar 99 for a hundred puzzles. And they're just different themes. And so you can buy as much or as little as you want and don't have to deal with the ads. The only ads in there are for um, blue oxes, other games yeah. You know, and that's to me, that's that's not really an ad. That's just a you know, that's something. Hey, check out our other stuff. Yeah. You know, if you like this, you might like, you know, our other stuff. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm with you. I like that model. I, I just just went and downloaded that myself. So, yeah, um, the the other one that I would recommend because I haven't recommended enough British stuff today is it's called uh, it's called Kictionary. It's from from QI and it's their. It's one of their games that, hold on, I'm going to grab my phone to pull it up, but you guess four-letter words, and you get um, facts it, once you find the four-letter words. Um, oh, God, I've shared some on my on my Facebook thing, but the cool thing is they have, there's not ads on there either. There are word packs, so um, you get, like, for example, you get with for free, no money paid, 
easy, not so easy, quite hard, and then no such thing as a fish, the podcast that this is all based off of, um, which is the podcast from the QI Elves, uh, coming to you live from Covert Gardens. I watch that. I listen to that podcast quite a bit. Um, but then you get other packs, like because they did a spinoff show um, that aired on the BBC called No Such Thing as the News, where you get some of their stuff in there. Um, ooh, one that I might be downloading here is Sandy's General Ignorance. Um, but you get all these other packs that you could pay for if you want. You do not have to pay for it. Um, but here, I'll give you one. So, example, um, knobs. So the word was knob that I got, and I did horrible. I was six over par. Did you know that doorknobs are, are illegal in Vancouver? I did not know that. True fact. But, yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, they have an all-access pack thing, which so instead of doing, like, you're buying them, you're getting a, a subscription thing. Um. You can do a whole year for ten for ten pounds, and this one actually does use the British currency, so I could tell you that. Or uh, you could do a, a month for ninety nine. Um, Daryl, what's under a pound? So it's what's like under a pound. A pence. So is it pence? Yeah. So for for yeah. ninety nine pence, because it's you know the point nine nine. I would I would say ninety nine cents here, but it's not because it's the British pound sterling. But yeah, so it's. Really cool game. Another game, and I I didn't mean to do two here, but <laughs> I did. Uh, I try. I tried. Um, I downloaded it. I got stuck on the second one because I don't know how to fuck to spell Justin Bieber's last name. B i e b e r. <laughs> I'm I am cur- right now. I am currently stuck on level twelve on um. <laughs> I just. I don't have any desire to know how to spell Justin Bieber's last name. So. Oh, I was I was like that too, but then I'm like, I think it's I E. But I mainly <laughs> did that so I can get past. And the one I'm stuck on right now, and also the thing, I, when did I use another clue, you motherfucker? <laughs> um, but you you have the parts where you you can you know use a clue, and it's Clippy from um from Microsoft Office. Oh, oh fuck. but like so the one i'm stuck on and i'll show you guys because maybe you'll be able to help me out or the viewers like garly bear the clue is jack nicholson plays a pi it's a one two three four nine letter word chinatown motherfucker Welcome to the Let's Play Um Podcast. <laughs> yep, join us next week where we play level 13. <laughs> the shortest podcast ever. <laughs> but no, yeah, so honestly, I recommend it because it's, I mean, it, you know, it's really good. It's, it's, it's a fun little game you can play when you're in the underground, when you're on, you know, when you're, you know, you know, you're driving, riding in a car or whatever you know when you're not you're sitting somewhere bored play it's you know that in and kictionary qi and then dictionary with you know q in front of it is are my two recommendations that i will give you um but yeah and um of course because you know additional plug because i said um that's gonna do it for us before we go big thanks again to growly bear and brian jensen for becoming 
partners with us by joining by joining us at Patreon at the three dollar level. Only three dollars a month, I should add, not a week. Um, excuse me. Sorry, I was I meant to go away, but I didn't. Got a question for you. You got a little extra time on your hands? Do you want some experience as a social media manager? Well, we are looking for you. All you gotta do is uh, message us, emails at contact at gncasts.com, and we could be we could pull you in here. We could use you. Um, you know, if you have the passion for community building, are into sci-fi, horror, gaming, comic books, the the paranormal, and all those similar topics, Doctor Who, um, you know, email us there at that link. I remember to put this before and you know like you galactic nightcast has bills that needs to get paid um and the way we do that is through two different places the first place is gncasts.com uh, slash support well actually that will have both of them the first one is patreon where for as little as three dollars a month you can get um you can get a shout out here you can get a shout out on the podcasts golly bear has gotten two in a row um, that's also because he's awesome and he's in our he's in our chat room all the time when we are on the air. Um, and also, word is on a grapevine. Don't know if I'm supposed to share the secret, but if you missed my comic book recommendations, if you donate at the five dollar level, you might be getting those little enticing thing. If you need some recommendations on comic books, because trust me, at audio listeners will see. I will recommend you some comics um, that'll be at the $5 level, and it's all monthly. You can find, or the other place that you can go to is the Amazon affiliate link. And doing that, you, you go through that. Any purchase you make on Amazon, you're taking money from Jeff Bezos, giving it to us, to where we can keep the lights on here in the studios. Um, you can leave us contact. You can leave us uh, any feedback you want by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966, or you can email us mail at eltsnerds.com. We read all of it. All of our subscription options and links can be found over at galactic or gncasts.com slash subscribe. The Facebook page can be found at facebook.com slash galactic netcasts. The show and the network can both be found at eltsnerds or galactic netcasts. Producers, Beatmaster80, Evans at Mr. Underscore Fusion, before I get to mine, Daryl, where can people find you again? Oh, oh no, my mic was on. Look at that. It's because I'm I've, I'm on six <laughs> I'm on sixteen percent battery, which is why you don't get a video of me right now. Um, you can find me uh, WNAR underscore podcast or at UK Gnome. That's just keep just keep it there and simple. Or and of course there on gncasts.com slash tardis. Sean, where can people find you? um at s burns pa on twitter there we go you can find me at that gregor you can find everything all the comic book stuff that Corey is doing at don't ask comics the final thing that to be said before we begin the show call back to earlier is this has been a don't tell glenn production we will see you guys next week or else toodles for more on this Galactic Network podcast, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.